0: The Peace Education Center is a community with the belief that all life has value. We work to promote compassion and awareness of the potential for interdependence and lasting peace, and nonviolent solutions to world, national, and local conflicts. Welcome to our very first episode of the Peace Education Podcast. My name is Petra Deher, and your host is Chantel Rodriguez. We have a very special guest today. Her name is Christina Ruder. Christina is a writer and a human rights activist. She came to the Peace Education Center for support. She had launched a campaign to bring about awareness for the LGBTQ community in the Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. She had discovered horrible human rights violations and committed herself to helping. She's also the co-director of the Unifying Movement to support dispersed members of the LGBTQ community in Kakuma.
1: Thank you, Christina, so much for being here. My pleasure. We are so grateful. So tell us briefly about your project and and your role in
2: it. Yes. um, Currently... um the unifying movement. We are fundraising for uh, basic need items, uh, mostly food. There's a food disparity issue in the camp. Um, I'm also an international human rights defender and part of an international consortium um, of human rights defenders globally and our role is to uh, uh, bring awareness and Work with governments and NGOs and agencies globally um, to bring awareness and to stop human rights violations against the LGBTQ community in East Africa,
1: specifically inside the refugee camp.
2: Yes. Okay. And so it's the name is Kakuma Project. Um, it's the LGBTQ K- Kakuma Refugee Camp Project, okay. and Kakuma is the name of the refugee camp. Yes, it's, a, it's also a city in Kenya. Ah, okay,
1: thank you. Well, what, what is your role and how did you, how did you come to that role?
2: Um, my role, first and foremost, is as a human rights activist. Um, uh, my role mostly is to uh, assist the refugees and hopefully getting resettled and to stop the human rights violations that are occurring in the camp. Um, mostly crimes against humanity and violent attacks. Um, I got involved, the leader of the movement called the Black 13 movement, uh, is a man I love and respect, my mentor Victor Mucasa. Um He's a dear friend of mine and um, he brought awareness uh, and wanted me to work with him in regards to uh, Supporting his efforts to stop the crimes against humanity and human rights violations that the LGBTQ community people were um, Experiencing
1: Wow, and how long has this been going on?
2: Um, It's been going on uh, Many years. Um, It's been very well documented in the media If you wanted to research it yourself
1: Yes. What would someone look for if they were looking for more information?
2: Um, anything uh, under the topic of LGBTQ uh, community members in the Kakuma refugee camp.
1: Okay. And, and what? When you say human rights violations, what are what are you talking about specifically?
2: Um, well, they're suffering roughly 25 out of 30 human rights violations. So
1: you say you had a mentor who led you into this work. Um, What keeps you there?
2: Well, um, the refugees are suffering and their lives are in danger uh, 24 hours a day. Um, And they're hopeless. Um, They've been rendered into a state of powerlessness. They've lost hope uh, because they have no system in place that will actively protect them. So I'm trying to not only feed them and meet their basic needs but keep their hope alive so we can continue to fight for them and work towards the emergency group resettlement which is our goal and to get them out of there somewhere safe so the goal is removing them from the
1: settlement yes Um, and how would you get them removed they need a certain designation is that right
2: well um a lot of the The European Parliament, the United States and Canada, um, and the UK even, have been wonderful about um, being willing to allow them in. Uh, Even the Danish uh, tried to resettle them all, the entire group at one time, uh, a year or two ago. But the state of Kenya refuses to resettle them. Uh, In Kenya, LGBTQ community members are criminalized, so they're considered a hostile host country. Um, and even though they're willing, they're the only country in East Africa willing to provide asylum, they're not providing true asylum, which means protection from persecution.
1: So Kenya, so they have places to go, yes. but Kenya will not let them go.
2: Uh, yes, they, they don't think that they deserve or should be um, processed for emergency group resettlement. They can't justify because of homophobia. Uh, resettling an LGBTQ uh, community member for example a trans woman who's being sexually assaulted or exploited or beaten every day or forced to perform sex acts on men um, and in extreme danger they can't justify resettling her even though she should receive prioritized resettlement over a Sudanese child for example Because they they don't believe, fundamentally, that LGBTQ community members deserve human rights. I see. Is is
1: there an issue where, if they do acknowledge that, they are admitting uh, responsibility in perpetrating these rights violations?
2: Yeah, well, they absolutely uh, are denying that this is even happening in in the camp. They're denying and making public statements, which are deceiving to the public, that the camp is safe and these human rights violations and crimes against humanity they're stating they're not occurring at all. So there's
1: countries willing to take them,
2: but they won't let them go because they're saying
1: there's no reason for them to go.
2: Yes, there's no reason for them to receive prioritized resettlement. Yes. Wow. (sighs)
1: So if you can tell us right now Two or three needs that the refugees might need that someone listening um, could help with. What, what what would you what would you say would be
2: two or three needs? Um, well, the first their first and foremost need always is protection and safety. Um, but as far as basic needs, um, the World Food Bank uh, has had a reduction in funding there's a global food shortage. Uh, both of those things are contributing to a very small amount of food rations. Mm-hmm. So the refugees, they only receive food at, rations for the entire month once, and it only lasts a few days. So our main focus is feeding them and keeping them alive, and then medical. Uh, a lot of times when they go to the UNHCR to receive free medical, assistance, Um, they are very homophobic um, and discriminate against them so we have to send them to private medical clinics in the camp and that's very expensive and also the UNHCR doesn't provide medication so if they have malaria and typhoid or they've been violently attacked, we have a lot of refugees that are violently attacked. We had a guy recently whose eardrum exploded from a B2. We have people with head injuries, all kinds of issues, uh, sexual assault, um, and they have to pay privately, out of pocket, uh, for these uh, medical services. So that's a huge issue. Too.
1: So how do you get them this help?
2: Um, well, a lot of it I've self-funded, um, and I haven't been able to, to fund a lot. Um, but we have uh, GoFundMes on, on Facebook, and we're working to launch a new fundraiser, hopefully in the near future. Um, so mostly it's just private donations. Well, well Christina,
1: this sounds like uh, very stressful and, and so important, um, time sensitive, life and death work. Um, and we thank you so much for, <laughs> for spending and, and committing yourself such a worthy endeavor and raising the voices of folks who probably otherwise um, would have gone unheard. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we do want to ask our last question is, if you could have dinner with one peacemaker, because you are in fact a peacemaker, um, what peacemaker in history would you want to have dinner with? Uh,
2: Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.
0: I knew you were going to say that.
2: <laughs> um, because he, um, well, first of all, he's known as a great leader, but he was also a brilliant academic and explains the system of oppression beautifully in his tripartite uh, theory, uh, where racism, poverty, and militarism worked in tandem to oppress people. And you'll see that theme in every human rights and civil rights movement in history throughout the world. That's the system. So he had a very strong grasp of the of systemic oppression and what, what created and reinforced it to keep people oppressed. But really, uh, more so, the Poor People Campaign is the only
0: campaign
2: in the history of the world where every single minority group has been united. Mm. And people said that this type of unity wasn't possible, but it is possible. And if you scroll down all the people that support the the Poor People's Campaign, the current one, um, under Reverend Barber, you'll scroll for 10 minutes because it's every single group. So I find, and his whole theory behind that, which is also really what fuels my theory for unification, um, for radical unification is uh, he believes that if first of all, we're all pressed under the same system, regardless of what minority group you belong to. So the issue isn't what is, is the minority group, the issue is the system. Mm-hmm. And in order to overcome the system, if all minority groups, which are of small numbers in population, come together as one unified group, then we become the majority, and we're able to systemically remove the system and reform it.
0: So, if you want to learn more about the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, go to poorpeoplescampaign.org.
1: Okay, so Sorry. the last and arguably most important question of the day is what restaurant would you take Dr. King to, and what would you order?
2: I would take him to uh, an Italian restaurant in Chicago, uh, my favorite restaurant in the city called Kalo, um, on Clark Street, on the north side, and I would order um, Noki Gorgonzola. Mm. Nice.
1: Thank
2: you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You have been listening to the Peace Education Podcast with Petra Deher and Chantel Rodriguez. Tune in next time. Each episode, we will share the story of a peacemaker in bite-sized pieces. If you want to learn more about the Peace Education Center and listen to our next podcast, join us at www.peaceedcenter.org. You can find ways to connect to us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Peace Education Center, or PEC, values diversity and respects all cultures. We promote self-awareness and work to recognize any personal biases against people of all different cultures and work to eliminate them. We honor diversity and the cultural context of the communities we serve. Thank you for listening to the Peace Education Podcast. Your host was Chantal Rodriguez, announcer Petra Deher, and our special guest for our first episode, Christina Ruder from the Kakuma Refugee Project. The Peace Education Podcast, Episode 1, Copyright the Peace Education Center.